No. <clears throat> Broadcast is live, everybody. Hey guys, this is Tim Stout with the Learn to Earn Podcasts. It is episode 12. It says 11, but I'm not going to count the rant I went on last week. So uh, we are we are 11. And I'm here with a, a great friend and mentor of mine, uh, David Kesey out of Santa Clarita, California. Uh, tell us a little about yourself, David. Well, uh, you know, basically a former pro athlete turned uh, coach and speaker. And uh, as you know, been doing that for the past 10 years. And, you know, hopefully we'll get into some of the details of that. But I'm just excited to be here, man. What you got going with your podcast is pretty awesome. And anybody who uh, is coming across this should definitely subscribe. So I, I know I am. So I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, the uh, Also listen to your podcast. Give, give that a plug. So. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So it's called the Find A Way Daily Podcast. And so I'm basically taking some of the things that um, uh, some of the concepts that I've written inside the book um, that uh, that we just launched, which was, you know, ended up being a bestseller, which is awesome. But that podcast is basically designed for, you know, three to five minutes. Boom. Give you some concepts out of that to put into your life so that you can go to the next level. So if you guys want to check that out, Find A Way Daily Podcast. But uh Yeah. And I really love the, the short form of everything because it's you can take it in snippets, you can take it in between showings, in between buyers. It's it's I really love consuming it that way. Yeah. So diving into the book, uh, the book is uh, Find a Way. Yep. Okay. Tell us tell us about the name. Tell us about why, why Find a Way. Yeah. So the, it's it's interesting, right? So um, I've always kind of been into like how does someone become the person they need to become to reach the goals they've set. Now some people they they kind of step into that. They they were born, they were raised, and that fit perfectly for the success that they wanted. But most of us, that's not the case, right? Like we, we didn't come from wealthy families. We didn't come from, um, you know, parents that spoke influentially or, you know, uh, you know, I always used to be jealous of the people that would be on my baseball teams through high school and stuff where uh, their dad was like in the major leagues or something. So I'm like, well, pfft, Duh, as long as you're playing baseball and your dad was in the major leagues, that seems kind of like an easy thing, right? So like, it was like, well, how do you become the person required to reach the goals they've set for themselves? And I think inside the age today that we're in of this copy, rip off, duplicate, right? Like it's like, I think people get lost. And so the, the name Find A Way actually came from my mom. Um, it's something that she just said to me over and over and over. She'd be like, stop making excuses and go find a way. Stop blaming them. Go find a way. Like nothing else matters. Just go find a way. And as I matured, I, I was fortunate enough to play professional baseball. Um, I ended up breaking sales records early in my career. Um, and I was able to start a coaching company that reached the million dollar point, price point. So um, in doing all those things, find a way kind of uh, it galvanized, right? To, to these three words. It just sounds like a cliche that everybody uses, like find a way. But I kept hearing my mom's words as I would go through my life. And what occurred to me was it's not find the way, right? Like we try to go to different coaches and we try to go to different, and we, we think, well, if I just, if I just do what successful people do, I'll be successful. And you hear that a lot. Like if, if you just do what other successful people do, you'll be successful. And sometimes that's just not true. Like I've discovered, yes, there is, you can take elements from successful people, right? You can take elements from coaches, but ultimately Find a way means you going on your own journey and not being afraid to bring you to the party. Instead of just copying somebody else, like you may take that, but 
your, you know, Tim, your journey is a little bit different than a lot of real estate agents, right? Their, their journey was a little bit different. You came from professional fighting and then it was like, okay, instead of punching them in the face, now you have to, you know, now you have to you educate them and help them sell a house. <laughs> it was like, okay, um, well, you have to change a little bit, right? You have to find a way your journey into real estate was a little bit different than other people's and as mine was. And the way I got to professional baseball was very different than most people get to it. And if I had just tried to copy what other people did, I would have quit in college. So it, it's this idea of you walking your own journey and you figuring it out yourself and taking the help of mentors and stuff like that. And you talking about the, the rip off and duplicate. It's, that's there's, there's two things I despise. It's the people who only rip off and duplicate and the people who want to fake it till they make it. Like that, that's a few things that like literally like upsets me. And yeah. they can make it because you can't you can't give the service that you need if you're faking it. If I'm faking information, if I'm faking intelligence, if I'm faking experience, that is doing nothing but fooling my customer who I have fiduciary responsibilities, who I have people who, who look up to me for the biggest decision they're going to make in their lifetime and people who fake it till they make it. You're, you're lying. And, yeah. and often duplicate. You know, we, there's people in, in, in the coaching spaces and, and that's their big thing is rip off and duplicate. And, and and I'm OK with taking something somebody else does and making it yours. Mm -hmm. But that's not exactly what happens. They completely rip off and duplicate. You know, early in my career, me and you would have these discussions about people doing what I was doing. and It would upset me. And and you would you would always you'd always tell me that they're not going to be consistent at it. And mm -hmm. and every time you were right. And. And their consistency would drop off and and it would just go away. Yeah. So th those are, you know, going off on my little tangent, those are two things that I hate is the fake it, the make it, and the ones who just want to rip off and duplicate. It's like be original and going back to your point, find a way, find it's your way. It's not the way. People right. come into the coaching space wanting you to tell them exactly what's the one thing I can do to make me a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> one thing is different for everybody. Totally. And a lot of time, too, if we go back through your career and the massive success that you've had, it wasn't one thing. Like if you want to generalize and chunk up and say it was one thing, you found a way. You just kept going no matter what. Like as long as you keep going, no matter what, you will find a way. Um, but I agree. Like and I actually think it's, it's not good for your own development, because let's say that you do rip off and duplicate. And let's say that you it, it works. Well, what happens when it stops? You're yeah. still you. And I think okay. the saddest day that somebody can have is when they feel better about themselves because they're pretending to be somebody else. I can like see that. A, that's a sad day. And right? what if like, I meet you and you're not who I think you are? That's even worse. You're lying well, again. So check this out. I was going through social media the other day and I saw this <clears throat> coach. And uh, since we're on this topic, I might as well bring this up. I saw this coach who joined this other mastermind, right? And he, he was on this yacht and everything. He, I guess he paid a lot of money to be on this yacht and everything. And he was like doing the whole, I'm on a boat thing, right? Like <laughs> he was doing that kind of thing. And and all of a sudden his social media took off. So apparently he joined this mastermind and then his social media just took off. Engagement, everybody acting like they're buying his stuff. Oh my God, I'm in. Oh, your stuff is incredible. Doing testimonial videos for him. And I'm like, where did this dude over a 30 day period go from uh, you know, zero 
to allegedly making $100,000 a month and having this life-changing course that he created. Um, and what occurred to me was I'm like, you and I know, we, I mean, we've walked the journey. Dude, if you could do it in 30 days, I would sell it. Absolutely. I would figure out how to package it and sell it. And I'm like, there's no way. I smell, I smell bullshit here, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going through social media. I'm, I'm looking at all the people that are commenting. And there are other coaches that are in his mastermind, that the other the mastermind that he had joined, that have made an agreement, dude, we'll all pretend that we're signing up for each other's stuff to fool people into thinking that we're really good and they'll buy. And that's the damn world we live in. Right. And so, but yet there's this lack of integrity, right? Because he's saying that he's having these big hundred thousand dollar months and he's like a top 10 coach and all this stuff. And yet he's doing videos out of his, you know, studio apartment. And it's like, well, there's, no such, there's no such thing as integrity now because your opinion has to matter. That, that with, right. with society and your opinion has to matter. It's, it allows people to, to do this type of, of, of shitty activity because right. you have to respect their opinion now. And that's, that's crap. Yeah. And, and so it's interesting, right? Like, and we, you and I talked about this years ago, which was like, you know, um, I, I used to <clears throat> work for a company that very big powerhouse, right? And I used to break all these sales records from stage speaking and they'd be like, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? What clothes are you using? What's well, like, how are you doing it? And I would just, I would literally just tell them be awesome. Cause nothing else pays like that at, at your core. You just have to be the real deal. And ultimately, dude, like, how do you get that way? You get that way by taking the punches. You get that way by doing the training. You get that way by, by doing the work that nobody wants to do. You know, it's interesting. People want to be uh, an orange. But then when you squeeze them, lemon comes out. And no matter how much they try to make it make themselves look like an orange, they paint themselves orange. You squeeze it and a lemon comes out. And ultimately, that is a recipe for disaster ultimately down the, down the line. And like I said, the saddest day is when you are pretending to be somebody else. So now you feel good about yourself. So I just think find a way is making, it's a, it's a commitment that you're not afraid to walk into the darkness and figure it out. Once you've overcome the fear of failure, you're on your way to success, but you cannot hit success without, if you still, Oh, what happens if this happens? Well, you've got to put all that shit aside. And you got to start yeah. marching forward and being okay to fail. As long as you're yeah. you're fighting the right fight for you, it's okay to right. fail. Yeah, and speaking of that, dude, that's a question that I would ask you: is like, how much did your your background of fighting teach you to do that? The uh, just like a sword, a sword only sharpens when it hits something harder than it is. That that's how a sword sharpens. You know, you hear the term "sharpen the sword, sharpen the axe." The your goal is to lose every day in training. The weights need to be stronger than you. Your 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 boxing partners need to be better than you. Your grappling partners need to be better than you. Everything needs to be better because you you need to lose in so many hundreds of situations before you ever get to the ring or the cage. So you're ready for every situation. If I'm the top guy in my training camp, I'm I've, I'm not being put under any pressure. Diamonds are made under pressure, so I have to put myself into the pressure cooker, which is losing to allow me to get to my, my peak performance. So which is background in that. <clears throat> yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I watch how you coach fighting, right? Like, and it seems, and, and people from the outside would say, you know, why is it that like everything that Tim Stout touches wins? 
right? Like he's got this, he, he was a professional fighter. His fighting gym is off the charts. His real estate game is off the charts. Like everything he seems to touch wins. And I, I saw something, a video from you years back that I, I still tell the story of to this day, where you sent me a video of somebody who wanted to coach with you personally. They wanted you to coach him on fighting. And you said, okay, great. And you sent me this video of this dude getting the shit beat out of him in a ring by three other guys. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And you were like, yeah, he wants to coach with me. So I threw him in the ring against three other guys because I can teach you a martial art, but I can't teach you how to fight. And so it's that concept of, I want to see what you do when you can't win. Are you going to give up? Are you going to fold pressure or are you going to bring it? Yeah. And you got to be put in that situation and life is that situation life and business entrepreneurship and fighting you put me against three people there's there's a good chance i'm not winning but there's a really good chance there's three people going to leave with lumps on their head because that's my goal because right. I'm, I'm, my, my victories change a little bit yeah and I, I think that's an interesting point right like i think um one of the most profound things i learned in martial arts was you know stop trying to act like you're not going to get hit and i think that a goal for a lot of people is how do I get success without the pain? But you, you literally like, if we go back to, you know, find a way it's assuming that you're going to get hit. You're if you have a goal and you're like, I want to do this. I want to make a million dollars a year. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I have a goal. I want to win this championship. I want to do this. You have to assume that you're going to get hit. And in fact, it's the hits and the pain that are required. I mean, think about it like this, dude. Think about back to all the losses you took, um, all the rejection you got in real estate early on in your career. Think back to all the pain that you got. Would you trade any of that, being that it made you who you are now? Absolutely not. <clears throat> getting hit and, and taking your losses, it's, it's, I compare it to Christmas. Everybody's like, well, how do you deal with getting hit? I say, it's like Christmas. It's better to give than receive. Somebody's yeah. always the present, like always. So it's going to happen. You just got to be okay with it, and you just got to be able to deliver more. And and uh, you know, speaking of my journey, it was a lot of what it what it helped me is just the power of consistency. It's like because nothing I did started off great. It was nothing. I remember the conversation we had early in the career about like, yeah. why are you making me do all these videos? These videos they're not doing anything. It's the only time I've ever questioned. There's like, there's not doing anything, and it was months and months and months. And then finally we had an explosion and it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I guess I'll sit back in my seat. I remember that conversation. It, it was the only time that you had really questioned me because you're you're so coachable, right? Like in anybody listening to this podcast right now, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting how you picked Learn to Earn podcast because you're somebody who is constantly learning. And you're probably the most coachable person I've ever coached where if I tell you to do 10 things, 10 of them are done, not by, right? So some coaching clients wait till next week and they get it done right before the call, right? Your stuff, if I have a call with you at nine, nine of those things are done by noon. Like you get off the call, wham, and you go implement. And that was the only time. And I mean, how long we've we been together? Like we've been working together for a long time. Like that was the only time out of all the years we worked together that you were like, uh, and all you said was this, coach, I got a question. Yeah. Are you sure about this? Yes, I'm sure about this. Okay. 
And then you just kept doing it. And I remember that it was March. I forget the year, but it was March and it just went smack. And like, you never looked back. It's, it's, uh, and I think that find a way, right. Find a way is that because you had been doing, I think it was like four or five months. There was, was nothing. Yeah. It was, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like less than a hundred views too. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the ultimate equalizer, right? Think about it. You have a very high threshold of pain. You can take a very high threshold of rejection and loss and pain and still keep going. And yet you still were like, are you sure? Right? Most people, the ultimate equalizer is, and you said this, this was your words. This wasn't mine. You said, if you're not willing to do something for six months consistently, don't even start. And that, if anybody's listening to this podcast right now and they're wondering, like, why hasn't it been working for me? I would just ask, have you done it consistently for six months? Wholeheartedly consistently, not just doing it yeah. to be doing it. Don't, don't yeah, be doing well, it. Well, yeah. 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 And, uh, going, going back to your book to find a way, you, you had to corral everybody in the world. And like you had to pick certain people who, who had to read this because it was going to benefit them the most. Who would that be? It would be uh, athletic people. So people who played sports um, growing up or, you know, they don't have to be professional, but people who have that athletic mindset um, that uh, want to be driven to win. Somebody who might feel stuck, somebody who's an entrepreneur, you know, real estate agents, coaches, leaders, uh, sales leaders, team leaders, all all these kinds of people. Um, I think that it would really benefit you to be able to, to read this now. Um, I think the biggest thing that it would give you is ideas, right? So like my coaching style is not to always tell you what to do. I will sometimes, right? If you don't sneak up on it, but my coaching style is to provide the space for you with certain contexts where you come up with it. Because here's the thing, as a leader, people support what they create. And so I, I'm, I don't wanna, in my, in my book, what I try to do is be as little egotistical as possible and say, look, uh, an idea that I give you will last a couple minutes, but an idea you come up with will last a lifetime. And so anybody who feels stuck and they just can't seem to break out and they need a breakthrough, that's who I would recommend the book for. And, and speaking of what you were just saying about talking to people, not giving them the answer, but allowing them to come to, to their, own, their own conclusion, is that has, and you've, you've said it before, that, that, that I, think like a, uh, I think like a marketer. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a salesperson, but I could, I'm successful because I think like a marketer. And that is because you didn't give me the answers early on. That's because you forced me to think, you forced me to go outside the box. You, you gave me the set of questions of like, who's looking, who's watching, what do they need to hear? What do they need to get from this? And it's, it's that, that whole concept had allowed me to think like a marketer and not a salesperson. Right. I remember all the Marco Polos that we did. And actually, you know, I'll give you some insight on this side, on the coaching side of this, this conversation is that in the beginning, you know, we would Marco Polo videos and back and forth and we'd be talking in between calls and all that. And it'd be, and, and I could see you would, you would be like, what do you think about this video? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I would coach you on it and ask you about this and ask you about that. And then there came this point, And I tell people this story, there came this point where the Marco Polos from you stopped and you would just be posting content. And I'd be like, damn, that's badass. That's a good piece of content right there. Um, and I was like, you know, the birdie flew the nest. He doesn't, 
doesn't need my advice anymore. Now you still come to me occasionally, right? But but there is a sense of pride that it's like, wow, look at that dude. That guy learned how to become a marketer. And for everybody here that is is listening to this and they're thinking, you know, like, well, I don't come from a sales and marketing background. Well, this dude came from a professional fighting background and learned how to market. And when I would watch you market, sometimes without me, and I would just be like, wow, that's that I can see as a marketer watching a marketer, that was really reverse engineered and really well done and serves at a high level. Your pieces of content just went through the ceiling, dude. It was really fun to watch. Well, you, like, like you always say, you got to start with your goal in mind. Like I've got to start, what, what do I want to accomplish? And then I'll work it backwards. And, and yeah. that's a me to, to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. So back to this idea of find a way though, because when I told you to start thinking like a marketer in the beginning, you're like, well, what the hell does that mean? I don't even know what that, like, what does that look like? If you take who you are as a marketer and a leader today, if you go back five years, that dude that was marketing back then doesn't even exist anymore. He's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. He's not I even kind- here. I was, kindergarten huh? I was a kindergarten marketer. Right. And what, what's interesting, though, is like if you go back then, and this is the point I want to make for people on the podcast. If you go back then, you cannot see today from there. You can't. Like it, no matter how much I would have tried to articulate it to you, you can't. And that's why I just I, I, I like keep removing the steps so that you can or I keep putting the steps up so that you can keep walking the steps. Because if I had told you, dude, this is what it will look like, it actually would have killed your progress. But you stepped into the unknowing of being a coming a marketer and just said, well, I'm just going to figure out what this is like. And then you, oh, and you take these things and you go, well, that doesn't work. This does work. And you move and like who you are today. And to think about it, like who you'll be tomorrow, like where you're trying to go right now, where you will be going is unrecognizable from who you are today. And so that's what I think find a way is that that was my intention is that you don't know what it's going to look like. And people want that certainty. They want the, well, what's it, what is this going to work? I want a guaranteed way of working. Well, that's like going into a fight and saying, I want a guaranteed way of not getting hit. I want to guarantee I'm going to win this fight. Well, the problem with that is even no matter how much you studied technique and practice sparring, the problem is the guy on the other end is trying to kill you now. They don't cooperate with your 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 training. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, when you grab them by the arm now, they pull away or smack you. It's 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 a different context. And you know, my brother is in martial arts and he used to say, you know, sparring's not really fighting because there's not really consequences. Yeah. The other guy's not going to kill you. When you meet a guy in a parking lot or you know, you get into a real fight, it's gonna be slightly different because there's consequences now. Well, you have to be fearless in that. And, and if I was to really drive home the punchline here, I think that find a way is having blind faith in your ability to figure it out and walking into the darkness, even though you can't see it. Now, coming into uh, the, the book again, the, the find a way coming into the book, there's going to be you're going to realize who you are and who you're not almost like because you're, you're coming into it when you're reading this. It's almost going to be like an identity thing. So, so talk about that. Like, where where do I have that realization, and and how do I overcome that? Yeah, so I think that's a big one, right? And I think this goes back to where we you're coming full circle here of this idea of rip off and duplicate. That's the problem with it is that you don't know who the hell you are. 
And so you don't know how you do what you do. So I'll give you an example. Like, well, who I was as an amateur baseball player versus a professional baseball player was completely different. In college ball, I was a doubles home run guy. When I got to pro level, I realized, wait a minute, identity shift. That's not me. I can't hit home runs at the pro level with a wooden bat and a dude throwing 95 miles an hour. I'm a singles guy. I got to work on my speed. I have to work on those things. So knowing your position is critical. But the other thing I would say is this. If you fall into this idea of copying and comparing yourself to the Facebook lives of other people and and trying to, to do what other people do, it can actually lead to disaster. So um, it because it can lead to an identity crisis. And that identity crisis I hit after pro ball. So everybody hears the story of me playing professional baseball, but they don't hear the story of when it ended. When it ended, I was broke, depressed, and suicidal, like literally suicidal, and, and $50,000 in debt. And that was because David Kesey was a baseball player. And there was no David Kesey without baseball. And so it was like, well, if baseball's over, so who am I? Who's David Kesey? And I remember going to the treadmill at the gym and, and starting to warm up and realizing this is stupid. I'm not going to spring training. Like, why am I doing this? I got fat. I got over uh, out of shape. Like, it was, it was really bad until I realized that I'm not what I do, right? Like I've said this to, to a lot of other coaching clients inside the league is this, Tim Stout could have done anything and he would have been successful. It, and, and, and you've proven it, right? You have an investment company, you have a portfolio, you have uh, multiple real estate companies, you have, a, you have a property management business, you have a gym, you have a salon, like <laughs> you could, it doesn't matter what, what you would have done. It is who you are that manifests like that. And this is an interesting thing. And it's not a very manly topic, but I was talking about this with Taylor through, through, uh, at breakfast, which is why it's not very manly. I, she's Taylor is, is growing flowers and vegetables. She's like obsessed with it right now. And I said, um, you know, what's another flower besides the rose? What's the most beautiful flower? She said the rose for sure. I said, what's what's like an equal, like is really close tie? She said a hibiscus flower. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what the hell that is. I had to Google it, right? <laughs> so I looked up hibiscus flower. It's beautiful, it, It's um, but it's not a rose. And I said, can you imagine if a hibiscus flower spent its entire life pretending to be a rose and then somebody came to the store to get beautiful hibiscus flowers and didn't find them because they were trying to be a rose? Because a hibiscus flower can be the best hibiscus flower in the market. But when it's trying to be a rose, now it's a shitty rose and a shitty hibiscus flower. And it gets Absolutely. left in the middle of it. Where if the hibiscus Absolutely. flower would own who it is and how beautiful it actually is, it would get everything it ever wanted in life. One of the biggest secrets to success, and I tell people, it's it's knowing uh, knowing where you're strong. But the more important one is knowing where you're weak. It's yeah, because people, good leaders, if you if you if you talk and, you know, I read a lot like we've discussed, but when you're talking to these strong leaders, they know exactly where they're weak. They, they know where they're good. They know where they're weak and where they're weak is it says something more about them, because in my opinion, it allows them to to hire someone who's going to compliment them. But that also the mindset problem with that is they have to hire someone who is better at them in that part. And I yeah. think that bothers more people because they like being the boss more than they like being successful. Oh, that's profound. They'd yeah. rather be the boss than be successful. That's really profound. If anybody's watching this, they should definitely. I see that a whole lot. 
people people just they they want to be the boss and 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 I know people in you know not like real local but like you know within the Atlanta community that are like that they to keep from hiring someone who could who could two three ten x their business they'd rather work with someone who uh, who they can be the boss and they can tell them exactly like they want it done because exactly like I want to do it is is not how it needs to be done if it's anything besides uh, marketing and sales I need someone else to do that yeah. The uh, so so coming through this, figuring out who we are, how do we? And it's it's, it's I'm asking you because you you had to walk me through this process a, a lot. Mm-hmm. How do I keep from walking walking through the process, realizing who I am? How do I keep from comparing myself to everybody in in the market? Because it's like the, my big thing was you're like Tim, you are competing versus you. You are competing with you. Yeah. Quit competing with the market because you're only dealing with the highlights. And how, how do I do that mentally? How do I go through that? Well, that's one of the things I talk about in the book, right? Is like competition is real. In fact, in the in the great legendary book, Lessons of History by William Durant, Lessons mm-hmm. of History, he taught he's basically this historian who went back through all of time and said, look, there's like seven lessons. They repeat themselves over and over and over and over. And if you learn them, you can you can succeed more in life. And the first lesson that is a it's like gravity is that life is competition. Period. End of story. Everything is competition. And people be like, well, I don't think it's a game. I don't think life's a competition or life's a game. Cool. Then you've already lost. Congratulations. Nobody winning will ever say that. No, they will not say that. They, they are 100% competing. But what can what can really be destructive is when I'm trying to compete with that person because most people don't know how to be themselves and compete with them and remain themselves. They try to copy. They try to do these other things, right? They, they give up who they are. And I think that if you can stay competitive with who you are and what your vision is and stay in your lane, and that's why a lot of the coaching that we talk about inside the league is like look inside first. Like find what you find to be true for you and compete with yourself. Because here's what's crazy. There are people out there that will compete with somebody else. They'll beat them and they'll be like, I hate my life. I hate this. This is horrible. Right? Like, and so you have to really be careful about who you're competing with and what you're competing on because they may not be playing the same game as you. I'll give you an example. Um, One of the coaching clients that I coached for a long time was Sue. Sue wanted to make $750,000 a year. And she was at like, I don't know, three, three something low fours. And I was like, okay, 750, that's the goal, right? Yes, boom. She hits like 786. She goes to the company awards and somebody else gets the award for tran- most transactions. They've got this team, most transactions, massive team, right? Low profit margin. Guy made like $250,000, but had more transactions than everybody else because he just doesn't know how to run a team. She calls me up crying her face off. Oh my God, I didn't get the award. I'm like, the game was profit, not transactions. I was like, do you care how many transactions you get or how much you make, how much goes in your bank account? She's like, well, my bank account. I'm like, you made three or four times what he made, but he got the award. And so you're pissed. (laughs) You know what I mean? I heard something uh, yesterday. Your your ego is not your amigo. Yeah. And like, and, that, and you're exactly right. People get caught up in that race and, and they, they want to be number one, but at what cost? You're number one. I, when I, when I bring on, when I bring on agents, we're, we're talking and it's, uh, 
the conversation is like, you know, the, the reason the team, and I'm, you know, you're trying to tell them about the team and who fits the team well. And it's yeah. like, is your goal to be a guy with his name on the signs, a guy on the billboard, a guy that's in the news, or do you want a really fat wallet? Because if you're the guy who wants fame more than you want money, the team is not for you. But if you want a if you want a recipe for success, if you want to make whatever the money is you want to make, if you want a life that you can actually spend that money, a lot of people make a lot of money, but they're so busy and, and their life goes all to hell because they can't control it at the right. level they want to do, then a team is for you. A team makes that easy. A team is the easy button, but not everybody, everybody wants that. Right. And not any team, right? But I'll say this, like for anybody listening to this podcast, you, I've watched you build this team. This team is basically, look, if you want to make money, here's how it works. You plug into the system, you make money. I don't know how much easier you would want it. If I went if I went back into selling real estate and I went into the Atlanta area, I would 100% jump on your team because it's that simple. I don't have the risks. I don't have the um, – and, and I'm a guy that doesn't need the fame, right? Like I, I don't care. I just I, – I want to serve people and I want to make money. That's it. And so like, if, and you're right, if you want to, if you want your name on a billboard at what cost, right? Like, and we've had these conversations many times. What is the goal? Is the goal market share revenue or profit or or profit? Profit. And I I say this to business owners and they're like, well, all of it. And I'm like, and that's why you're losing. Yeah. You can't go after all three at the same time. They're all different business models, different ones have higher expenses. They and how many people have we seen that that uh, will come to your team and occasionally, right? There's somebody who will be on your team that is like, you know what? I could do this on my own, and then they go off on their own, and they tank because they don't realize the weight you're carrying to provide that for them, the expenses, the branding. The I mean, oh my god. The level of uh, value that is provided in that area for you to be able to, I mean, think about this. Your team is literally built so that somebody can just plug in, make money. Anybody listen to this, do you know how effing hard that is to build? It's hard. If if there was a team like this when I started real estate, any other business I've been in between running running gyms, uh, working the attention centers, I was always the number two guy. And I was always happy with the number two guy because I had zero risk. Yeah. I made money and I, and I got to help somebody push the goal. When I got into real estate, I wanted to be somebody's number two. Like I looked and they was, but for me to work with you, they've got to be a high level of respect. And sure. I either didn't know that or I didn't see that. And so we, yeah. I had to start my own, but it's to your thing. It's, it's, we eat all the risk. So it's a little different. Dude, you are. You're a, you're one of the rare people that I've seen that can be a great leader and also a great number two. I I I I believe I am, but that's kind of like self-diagnosing, right? But I think that you're one of the most coachable. Like you also do great work for other leaders for sure, and yet you are an amazing leader as well. It's very rare. Usually, great leaders are pain in the ass number twos. <laughs> Coming into, uh, and I had pulling up my notes. Yeah, the book. It was something about oh yeah about the book. So so you're 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 a you're a performance coach. I mean, is that what you would you would you would call I yourself? Know, right, like that. You know, I I did this post the other day on social media about like 
how do you see me? Am I a performance coach? Am I a mindset coach? Am I a, an influence coach? And everybody said something different, right? They, but the main common things was, was, you know, you're basically a high performance coach that teaches influence like a badass. So there's this sales aspect to it too. But, you know, I, I'm just me. I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and what I was wanting to give as we wrap up, I was wanting to give a shout out about I've, I've been to your events and I've seen people literally like, you know, when you, when you do the, uh, you know, if you want to sign up for coaching, it's in the back. If you don't want to, cool. Yeah. You know, you, you, you do that. And and people are like, and I hear the conversations that you have because I'm always in the front of the room because I'm, I've got to be learning. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I hear people are like, you know, Coach David is like, I can't, I can't afford coaching. And, and your coaching is not extremely expensive. And, but the same people who are, I can't do it, that I, that I see come into the fold. I have seen several of those within seven and eight months have hundred thousand dollar months. How, how do you explain that in, in a few minutes? Like how, how do you explain what, what their transformation, what, what are they doing? That's a good question. So first of all, if you say you can't afford it, you're right. Dude, I remember the day you signed up for coaching. You couldn't technically afford it. Absolutely not. You were like, I got to hurry up and make some more sales so I can replace the money that I paid for coaching. <laughs> She's killing both of us. <laughs> she can come hunt you down. So <laughs> that that's just that's just a bullshit excuse. And it doesn't mean that that I think that you should just do it anyway. Like if you're if you don't feel inspired to do it, don't do it. I mean, when I signed up for coaching, I borrowed the money for my brother. I was 50 grand in debt. Um, so it, if, you know, if you say that, then of course, because at the same token, when you say I can't afford it, well, isn't that why you need the coaching? So something's going to have to give, you're either going to go in all, all in on you or you're not. And, and it's, it's not just an investment. I, yeah. I see now. I didn't see that then. Right. As a, as, a, as a product of that, it's yeah. Right. It's so here, here's what I think to answer your question, though. Like, what are a couple of takeaways of what I see the people who get to $100,000 months? And that's kind of our sweet spot, right? We're really good at getting people to go from six figures a year to six figures a month. And I would say it's a couple of things. Number one, it and this is a cliche term, but I'll explain it better. And that is mindset. But what I mean is, in terms of mindset, I don't mean thinking positive because, you know, we're not always positive. What I will say is that it's you being able to think about your business and your life and your relationship differently. I'll give you an example. I made a post the other day, just went, bam, just blew up. It, I apparently I hit a nerve, which basically said, there's no such thing as relationship equity. You know, pe people get into relationship in the first six months, they're, they're the best version of themselves that they'll ever be. And then it starts to dwindle because the law of familiarity kicks in. And now you stop taking your lady out on date night. You know, she stops giving you the attention that you wanted. And you think that because you invested that six months of equity, that maybe you could just chill now. And that is not how relationships work. When you stop delivering what they signed up for, they're out. And a lot of people don't think about it like that, right? So when you think about your relationship like that, that you have to keep dating your wife, that you have to keep dating your husband, that you have to keep dating that person that you're with, that's a very different perspective. You think about it differently because you keep trying to seduce them. You keep trying to be playful. You keep being passionate uh, and seductive. You could keep being those things. And that creates a better relationship. Well, in business, the way you're thinking about your business right now has you at the production level you're at. I'll give you an example. The way that you thought, Tim, early in your career, 
is not the way you think now. I, I hear you. The, the level of conversations, the way you see the business, you used to be your business. Now you're not. Your business is your baby, but it's not you. You're like, how do I feed it? How do I take care of it? How do I? It's thinking about your business as you are the business versus I have a business is two different ways of thinking about it, right? So I think that's the first thing that gets people to $100,000 a month is they start to think about the business and themselves and their life differently. So that's number one. And, and what I would say to that before I move on to the next thing is that you will never outperform your own identity. 100%. How you see yourself is how you perform. Well, can't, why can't it be more disciplined? Because you know you're not. You know you're not. And so you're out of integrity, right? There, this idea of alignment. And that's the second thing that I would say that gets people to $100,000 a month is that a lot of times people are trying to, it's kind of, I, I, I like it to the analogy of the fly, right? The fly is trying to get out of the, there's two windows. There's one that's open. There's one closed. And the fly is just going against the closed window over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, hey, just get an alignment over there and you're out. Nice job, <laughs> right? So it's just getting into alignment. But the last thing I would say, and you cannot get past this, is that you must develop skill sets that are relevant to the goals that you have. You will not consistently over the long term be successful without newly developed skill sets. And for most of the people that go to $100,000 a month, it is the language that they speak. How they communicate is the skill set that improves their relationship. It's what improves their business. It's what improves their sales. It's what improves their own life. And so it's a skill set of communication. That That's the three things that I would say make somebody go from six figures a year to six figures a month. Awesome. If I want to get a hold of your book, if I want to buy your book, where do I find it? Findawaybook.com. Findawaybook.com. Or you can go to my website, David Kesey, but Kesey's, uh, you know, Wheel of Fortune winner. I think it's Wheel of Fortune, right? E, 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 E. <laughs> so go to findawaybook.com. Go get it for free over there. And uh, yeah, I'd love to get into your world and help you any way I can. I'd love to hear from you guys. Awesome. I appreciate you being on the uh, on the podcast and I will, I'll talk to you soon. Good if they want you on social media, what's the best way? I just hit me up on, uh, on my profile or on, you know, David Kesey. You'll find me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you and I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you, brother.